Hi, and welcome to Fido, an audio adventure into fantasy, folklore, and fairy tales. I'm John, your host, and thanks for dropping in. We're back this week with another of the stories I recorded for the Lunatics Radio Hour collaboration. But it's also a story that I've been meaning to cover for some time. Being one of the famous princesses, we definitely have to talk about Rapunzel. Now, the first version of Rapunzel that we would see as the same story is Petrocinella from Gian Battista Basile in 1634. The one I'm reading is the German one from almost 200 years later. But before we get into it, let's hear the story. And now, as published by the Brothers Grimm in 1812, Rapunzel. Once upon a time, there was a man and a woman who had long, but to no avail, wished for a child. Finally, the woman came to believe that the good Lord would fulfill her wish. Through the small rear window of these people's house, they could see into a splendid garden that was filled with the most beautiful flowers and herbs. The garden was surrounded by a high wall, and no one dared enter because it belonged to a sorceress who possessed great power and was feared by everyone. One day the woman was standing at this window, and she saw a bed planted with the most beautiful Rapunzel. It looked so fresh and green that she longed for some. It was her greatest desire to eat some of the Rapunzel. This desire increased with every day, and not knowing how to get any, she became miserably ill. Her husband was frightened and asked her, "'What ails you, dear wife?' "'Oh,' she answered, "'If I do not get some Rapunzel from the garden behind the house, I shall die.' The man, who loved her dearly, thought, "'Before you let your wife die, you must get her some of the Rapunzel, whatever the cost.' So, just as it was getting dark, he climbed over the high wall into the sorceress's garden, hastily dug up a handful of Rapunzel, and took it to his wife. She immediately made a salad from it, which she devoured eagerly. It tasted so very good to her that by the next day her desire for more had grown threefold. If she were to have any peace, the man would have to climb into the garden once again. Thus he set forth once again just as it was getting dark, but no sooner than he had climbed over the wall than, to his horror, he saw the sorceress standing there before him. "'How can you dare,' she asked with an angry look, "'to climb into my garden like a thief to steal my Rapunzel? You will pay for this.' "'Oh,' he answered, "'let mercy overrule justice.' I came to do this out of necessity. My wife saw your Rapunzel from our window, and such a longing came over her that she would die if she did not get some to eat. The sorceress's anger abated somewhat, and she said, If things are as you say, I will allow you to take as much Rapunzel as you want, but under one condition. You must give me the child that your wife will bring to the world. It will do well, and I will take care of it like a mother." In his fear, the man agreed to everything. When the woman gave birth, the sorceress appeared, named the little girl Rapunzel, and took her away. Rapunzel became the most beautiful child under the sun. When she was twelve years old, the sorceress locked her in a tower that stood in a forest and had neither door nor stairway, but only a tiny window at the very top. 
When the sorceress wanted to enter, she stood below and called out, Rapunzel! Rapunzel! Let down your hair to me! Rapunzel had splendid long hair, as fine as spun gold. When she heard the sorceress's voice, she untied her braids, wound them around a window hook, let her hair fall twenty yards to the ground, and the sorceress climbed up it. A few years later it happened that a king's son was riding through the forest. As he approached the tower he heard a song so beautiful that he stopped to listen. It was Rapunzel who was passing the time by singing with her sweet voice. The prince wanted to climb up to her, and looked for a door in the tower, but none was to be found. He rode home, but the song had so touched his heart that he returned to the forest every day and listened to it. One time, as he was thus standing behind a tree, he saw the sorceress approach and heard her say, "'Rapunzel! Rapunzel! Let down your hair!' Then Rapunzel let down her strands of hair, and the sorceress climbed up them to her. "'If that is the ladder into the tower, then sometime I will try my luck.' And the next day, just as it was beginning to get dark, he went to the tower and called out, "'Rapunzel! Rapunzel! Let down your hair!' The hare fell down, and the prince climbed up. At first Rapunzel was terribly frightened when a man such as she had never seen before came in to her. However, the prince began talking to her in a very friendly manner, telling her that his heart had been so touched by her singing that he could have no peace until he had seen her in person. Then Rapunzel lost her fear, and when he asked her if she would take him as her husband, she thought, he would rather have me than would old Frau Gothel. She said yes, and placed her hand into his. She said, I would go with you gladly, but I do not know how to get down. Every time that you come, bring a strand of silk, from which I will weave a ladder. When it is finished, I will climb down, and you can take me away on your horse. They arranged that he would come to her every evening, for the old woman came by day. The sorceress did not notice what was happening until one day Rapunzel said to her, Frau Gothel, tell me why it is that you are more difficult to pull up than is the young prince who will be arriving any moment now. You godless child, cried the sorceress, what am I hearing from you? I thought I had removed you from the whole world, but you have deceived me none the less. And in her anger she grabbed Rapunzel's beautiful hair, wrapped it a few times around her left hand, grasped a pair of scissors with her right hand, and snip-snap cut it off. And she was so unmerciful that she took Rapunzel into a wilderness where she suffered greatly. On the evening of the same day that she sent Rapunzel away, the sorceress tied the cut-off hair to the hook at the top of the tower, and when the prince called out, Rapunzel! Rapunzel, let down your hair! She let down the hair. The prince climbed up, but above, instead of his beloved Rapunzel, he found the sorceress, who peered at him with poisonous and evil looks. Aha! she cried scornfully. You have come for your mistress, darling, but that beautiful bird is no longer sitting in her nest, nor is she singing any more. The cat got her, and will scratch your eyes out as well. You have lost Rapunzel. You will never see her again. The prince was overcome with grief, and in his despair he threw himself from the tower. He escaped with his life, but the thorns into which he fell poked out his eyes. 
blind, he wandered about in the forest, eating nothing but grass and roots, and doing nothing but weeping and wailing over the loss of his beloved wife. Thus he wandered about miserably for some years, finally happening into the wilderness where Rapunzel lived miserably with the twins that she had given birth to. He heard a voice and thought it was familiar. He advanced toward it, and as he approached, Rapunzel recognized him, and crying, threw her arms around his neck. Two of her tears fell into his eyes, and they became clear once again, and he could see as well as before. He led her into his kingdom, where he was received with joy, and for a long time they lived happily and satisfied. All right, so this one has a bit more to find out there than our last one. The first thing I always try to do is find some kind of origin of a tale, and this one doesn't disappoint. First, I discovered that the earliest story that we know of that contains the element of a woman with long hair offering it to be climbed by a love interest is the epic poem Shaname from the late 8th century and its character Rudaba. But less concrete and a bit more open to interpretation, I came across theories cited on Wikipedia that Rapunzel and more generally the Arne Thompson number 310, the archetype of the maiden in the tower, could originate from certain ancient tales of sun goddesses trapped in towers and rescued. It's also possible that the story may have its roots in a real person by the name of St. Barbara of Nicomedia. According to tradition, the basic story is that she was locked away in a tower by her father to keep her protected and separate from the world. She secretly converted to Christianity and then was helped in her escape by God himself. As I mentioned before, the earliest version of the story that we really recognize is from Jean-Baptiste Basile in 1634 as Petrosinella. Charles Perrault, of course, had his version as well, by the name of Personet. All of these names refer to edible plants, and after hearing the story, we know that Rapunzel is named for the plant that her mother craved during her pregnancy. I looked into the plant, and, as you might expect, there's some interesting folklore there. First of all, I couldn't really verify it, but I did come across the idea, in the time that this story was being told that it was considered a very bad idea to ignore the food cravings of a pregnant woman. Bad for her, bad for the child, and generally just good practice to listen to those cravings. Now, the plant in question for the German tale, the one I read for you, is the Rampion Bellflower, or its Latin name, Campanula rapunculus, basically meaning small turnip with a bell-shaped flower. It was popular because the leaves are excellent salad greens, and the root is small and turnip-like. It's typically referred to as Rampion, or, yes, Rapunzel. And since we're already turning this episode into a miniature botany lesson, the Italian plant seems to be more like parsley, and so the word Petrosinella is basically that, parsley. Now, all of that botany was to get us to parsley the earliest plant by which our heroine is known. The folklore and history on parsley, I think, gives us quite a bit of context. The Greeks associated parsley with death, and the same goes for Old English legends. 
It was bad luck to transplant parsley, and bad luck to cut it. There seems to be some idea that parsley is associated with the devil, and that it must be taken to hell and back several times to even get it to sprout. I didn't know this either, but parsley is tough to grow from a seed, it seems. I also ran across the idea that planting parsley is bad fortune for an expectant mother, or of one who would like to have children eventually. And there is where the folklore catches up with the story. In fact, the more I think about the mother's cravings, I wonder whether she wanted her child or not, as bad of an omen as parsley is, but also sometimes being cited as able to promote healthy childbirth in folk medicine. Parsley is truly a mixed bag of greens. It's strange that the focus of this episode's research came to be mostly on the plant after which Rapunzel was named, but I think that it fits the bill for Fado pretty well. I'm no stranger to the rabbit trail, and plant folklore is really interesting, in my opinion. But why don't we leave this one here for now? And if you're interested in more parsley lore, a quick Google will give you a ton of material. Trust me. Okay. Once again, let me remind you that these stories were a part of the collaboration that I did with Abby and Alan over at the Lunatics Radio Hour. You can check out the two-part fairy tale discussion we had either on my show or on theirs. And if you like spooky stuff, you need to check them out. Just another cool facet of the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative. Now before we wrap up, I want to give a quick shout-out to the winner of the Handmade Fado Lapgan from Block M Farm and Crafts, crocheted by patron Rachel Maynard. Check them out over on Facebook for custom fiber arts and a bunch of cute animals. And so, congratulations to patron Christy Asher. Christy, I'll be sending you that prize as soon as I can, so keep an eye out. And to everyone else... If you like Fado as well as the occasional prize, well, consider joining up. We have a lot of fun. Now, if you're enjoying Fado, then you should definitely subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss an episode. You can also go to FadoPodcast.com and listen on any device. Make sure and share Fado with your friends and family if you like what you're hearing. Word of mouth is my best advertisement. Don't forget to leave me a comment or a question, and I might be able to read them on the air. I love hearing from my listeners. Don't miss the new store as well. T-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, and even a Fado pint glass can all be yours. Look for the link on my website. You also don't want to miss out on the exclusive new Fedork fan t-shirt. You'll have to message me in order to get one because they're not on any website. So if you're a true Fedork, let me know. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Fado Podcast. And if you would like to support the show more directly, you can become a patron. I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. There is behind-the-scenes content, early access to upcoming episodes, merchandise discounts, and if you join, you'll get a personal handwritten thank you from me in the mail, as well as a Fado sticker. Also, you'll get a mention here on the show. That brings us to the end of Season 2, Episode 29. Watch for the next episode of Fido coming soon. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you once upon a next time. 
Fido is a member of the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative. Check us out at pizzaricepodcast.com.